On episode 30 of Run, Jump, Stomp, it's really all about one thing. E3 is over, and it's time for us to take a look at all the stuff that happened to E3. Uh, stick around. Here we go. If you want to get Run, Jump, Stomp and my other shows ad-free for as little as a dollar, check on .com slash Run, Jump, Stomp. You can share your thoughts on gaming by leaving a voicemail over at runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail. Uh, you can do that from any device. It works really, really well. Um, the show notes for today, like I built some show notes, but I don't think I'm going to have time to talk about any of the stuff on these show notes. So... These are the stories real quick that I was going to cover. Um, Square Enix ha might be doing a subscription service. We'll we'll talk about that next episode. Uh, World of Warcraft is changing how leveling works. Uh, there's a lot of uh, backlash with uh, Shenmue 3. So those are the three things that I was going to talk about today. But of course, E3 takes precedent over everything because it's damn E3. And we, we want to make sure that uh, we, we talk about everything that happened at E3. So that's what we're going to focus on today. And what I might do is a bonus episode where I talk about those three things because I don't know that I want to wait until next Friday to talk about this stuff. So I also want to talk about Run, Jump, Stomp just a little bit. I, I'm, I think I might do this show more often. Uh, smaller episodes more often, kind of like I do with Run, Jump, Stomp, except I may do it from my phone. So the I, Fridays will still be Run, Jump, Stomp, but I might do bonus episodes from my phone because I can do that without coming into the studio and setting up the lights and, and all that stuff. Uh, but it, if that's something you're interested in, let me know. Uh, anyway, let's, let's talk about E3. Oh my God, there is so... There's so much stuff uh, for E3. So what I did is I brought up the E3 schedule, which there's still some people looking at it like me uh, because it's got all of the stuff on there. And I want to talk about like the big things that happened. Of course, uh, my Stadia, like my thoughts on, on Google Stadia, uh, you can check that out on StadiaCast, which records on Sunday. Uh, and we actually already recorded our thoughts on Stadia uh, with the the Google Stadia Connect because that happened uh, before last weekend. Like that was like that almost, almost kicked off E3. Um, really Pokemon's, uh, or the Pokemon Direct kicked off E3, uh, followed up by the Stadia Connect. Uh, so you could check out that over at StadiaCast. And the Nintendo stuff, I'm really not going to spend too much time talking about Nintendo stuff on this show because I have a whole show all about it and you can check that out over at runjumpstomp.com slash shows so let's talk about the big stuff uh, i'm going to start by looking at uh, uh star wars jedi fallen order i thought that that looked really good i'm already kind of sold on it um there were some things that that, that they said about the combat that i found to be interesting um mainly that 
like there was there were these moments that were happening where you know they would you would elbow somebody and knock them away and then uh do like a an attack with your lightsaber and i felt like well hold on a sec it, that looked like like the canned animation but it always seemed different every time that they were fighting somebody and and ea kind of talked about this they they discussed the the idea that that was not canned animation that is something that a highly skilled player could do um i don't really know what that means the thing that about this that i like is it's it's story based it's not microtransactioned all to hell and back and it, it it's just about it, it's just about the story you know people asked are you going to be able to go light side or dark side with this and ea said no uh, the reason, which makes perfect sense, because I know a lot of people, they're like, well, I want to have the freedom that I would have to, to, to make these decisions in the game. So I go light side or dark side. Uh, but they're saying that this character is a canon character. You're not playing as you. You're playing as this canon character. And this character is a good guy. And I, I like that EA... It's weird for me to say that I like anything from EA, but I like that EA decided to go with that because that means that they're putting story first, and I'm very, very interested in it. And I, they also shot off, uh, shot off, showed off that they had Saw Gerrera in there. Uh, if you don't know, he was uh, played by Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One and um, in the Star Wars Rebels show. Uh, so this is like right in the middle of that canon. I'm very excited for first uh, Jedi Fallen Order, but I don't want to see anything else. I'm done looking at stuff for that game because I just want to experience it uh, myself. Uh, what else from EA? There really wasn't anything else from EA that caught my eye that I got excited about. So uh, I'm kind of done talking about EA. Um, then we had the Xbox briefing. Now the Xbox briefing... I found very, very interesting. The thing that I was thinking was, okay, going into this, I want to see something that makes me want to buy an Xbox. And Microsoft didn't do anything that would make me want to buy an Xbox. However, I don't think that that was their goal. The main focus of uh, Microsoft's e, uh, E3 push this year was to show off their subscription service. And I, I I was recently on an episode of Breaking the Panel. We talked about E3 at length. So make sure that you, there's like a two and a half hour conversation with those guys. Uh, make sure you go and find that uh, podcast and you can check it out. But uh, I said this on Breaking the Panel, the idea that Microsoft seems to be the only company, well, Microsoft and Google, they're the only company that understands that getting me to buy something is is far inferior to your bottom line than getting me to subscribe to something especially if that something is a really good deal and and I got to talk about subscriptions because we've got we're entering a new era of gaming that is very fun subscriptions and that that could either be really good or it could be really bad and I'm not, I'm still not sure 
how I feel about it. I thought I knew how I felt about it, but then during the discussion on breaking the panel, like they, you know, other people made really good points and kind of, kind of maybe turned me around. I've been thinking about it a lot, but let's talk about Microsoft. Microsoft unveiled their subscription plan and it makes a lot of sense. So first off, I already did it. I already jumped in. We have, we now have the, uh, the Xbox. I can never remember what the damn thing is called. Uh, so I'm opening it up the Xbox game pass. Now I don't own a, an Xbox, but they have the PC game pass now. And the PC game pass gives you access to a bunch of games. Uh, right now it's currently in beta. And it, that means it is, is five bucks a month while it's in beta. And after it's out of beta, it's going to be 10 bucks a month. And for that 10 bucks a month, you're getting lots of games, games like Metro Exodus, which really surprised me because I thought that that was an exclusive to the Epic Games Store. So that's that's pretty impressive uh, that they that they did that. Um, let's see. Uh, you can get um, what is this? Oh, Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon 4, Gears of War, Astroneer more Gears of War, Ark, Survival, and Evolved, ReCore, Operencia Stolen Sun, which is a fantastic game. I didn't realize that uh, that, that that was on there. You can get CrossCode, and th there, there's a lot more games. So that's for five bucks a month. That is an absolute steal. Uh, now, there, like Joel Mead in chat, is saying that he is set for three years on, on uh, Game Pass. I've heard about this. Um, it's too late for me because I already subscribed to it and I don't want to get the details wrong, but there is a way that you can get the, the three-year subscription to uh, Microsoft Game Pass for a dollar. And I, I, I don't know exactly how to do it. I'm sure you can Google it. Or if, uh, if, if Joel... Uh, has time and wants to jump into the green room, he can explain it to us uh, over voice. But uh, that's what Microsoft's um, conference was all about. It was all about Game Pass. In fact, I don't know that they said exclusive once during their conference. Last year, Microsoft was like, look, here's what we're doing. We're going to buy a bunch of these uh, developing houses and we're going to bring them in house and they're going to make games for us. And so what I anticipated was that uh, right down the line, um, Microsoft would be like, and here's an exclusive for Xbox and here's an exclusive for Xbox and here's another one and another one. And what it turned out to be was that no, there was no exclusives because Microsoft seems to finally understand that if they want to, if, if Microsoft sells stuff, then they make money. And it doesn't matter if they sell an Xbox or if they sell a game. Uh, and the, the game pass, that subscription, that recurring monetization that just keeps happening over and over uh, is, is really good for Microsoft's bottom line. Now, Joel Mead, um, he, he tried to call in, but his microphone was muted for some reason. So uh, we'll see if he ends up calling in um, again. Uh, now, let's talk about the rest of the Microsoft conference, because uh, I already said that most of this stuff is Game Pass. 
which you, you pay the $10 a month and or right now it's five because it's in beta. And when these new games come out, you get them for free. Games like uh, Gears of War 5. They unveiled Gears of War 5. I don't really care about it. Like, that's not a game for me. I don't, I couldn't care less about Gears of War. I've played one Gears of War. I played a little bit of it on a friend's console, and that was it. So I don't really know anything about that. Uh, Halo. Uh, Halo, we'll talk about in a second. Hopple and, and Chad is saying that we got to talk about Halo. We will talk about Halo in a second. Um, Minecraft Dungeons, you know, you're going to get that day one. Uh, Borderlands 3, I think that they said that they were going to have that day one as well. Um, as, as well as um, like the Handsome Jack collection or something. So you get to play the other Borderlands games. But uh, for Microsoft, it was just game after game after game. And I, honestly, the biggest thing that happened at Microsoft's conference wasn't even really related to Microsoft. It was, yeah, it's going to be on Xbox and PC, but it's also going to be on PS4. And that was... Um, uh, oh my God, I've forgotten the name, Cyberpunk 2077. You know, they had they had Keanu Reeves come out on stage and, uh, you know, it kind of introduced, and that was cool because it was a big surprise and there was a lot of stuff leaked at E3 ahead of time. And that stuff was, because that stuff was leaked, you know, it, it was pretty impressive that they were able to keep the Keanu Reeves stuff under wraps. Uh, but that's not a Microsoft exclusive. Now, uh, Joel Mead has called in and he's going to tell us all about how you can get a whole bunch of uh, like three years worth of Xbox um, uh, Xbox Game Pass for really cheap. Joel, what's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, can you hear me OK? Yeah. OK, great. So this is what you do. You uh, like you said, if you already converted, then it's too late for you. Um, but if you haven't converted yet, this is what you do. You when you say con when you say converted, can you explain what that means? Yeah, so if you already have either Xbox Gold or Xbox Game Pass, um, you already have an account basically, and when you go to Game Pass Ultimate or or you know Game Pass Regular from there, um, your account gets converted, um, and so from there you're under the new Game Pass Ultimate, I believe. Um, I was only under um, Xbox Gold, the uh, monthly service where you get online and then you get some free games here and there and so forth. Right. Let me interrupt uh, for just a second. Uh, so just yeah. so everybody knows, Game Pass Ultimate includes uh, Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass, and Xbox Gold uh, or Xbox Live, which is what Joel already had. Go ahead, Joel. Correct. And I didn't have Game Pass at all uh, previously. Um, so what you do is you beef up your xbox gold or your xbox game pass either one up to 36 months because that's the maximum they will let you have on the books at a time okay from there you convert your account to game pass ultimate right now it's only a dollar i think to convert it right and they will give you credit of all of your months on the books even though it's a much lesser service they will give you all that credit to the new better bundled service for a dollar for for yeah to the one dollar is to the try it out or whatever mm -hmm. but from there just by signing up for the dollar one you've converted your whole account to that 
Right. But since I had 36 months of Xbox Gold on the books when I did that, I now have 36 months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Right. And so I'm just trying to, how much is Xbox uh, Live per month? Or no, that's $60 uh, a year, right? Yep. So okay, so that'd be $240 plus well, $241. There we go. Yeah, so it's $241. And after you spend that $241, you then have access to every game that comes out on uh, Microsoft Game Pass for free for those three years. Joel Mead, thank you so much for calling in and uh, letting us know about that. That's super cool. Um, and apparently this is like, like Microsoft knows about this. So thanks for calling in, Joel. That's awesome. All right, let's, let's move on and talk more about, uh, other stuff, not just Xbox, because again, Microsoft didn't sell us, sell me on Xbox, but they did end up talking about, um, what the heck was it? They, they ended up talking about, oh, the project Scarlet. Uh, so Project Scarlet is the next Xbox, the Xbox Two, if you will, or whatever it's going to be called. We don't know. Um, but they unveiled it. They didn't show what it looked like or give really the stats other than to say it is four times as powerful as the current Xbox, uh, which seems really, really uh, cool. Vaxer in chat's calling it the Xbox One X2. I, you know, that wouldn't surprise me at all if they did some horrible naming convention like that. Um, so uh, what was I talking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have seen stories that Microsoft said that they will be unveiling uh, the price of the Xbox uh, One X2 <laughs> uh, soon, uh, which is very, very interesting. That system is supposed to come out holiday next year and they said it's really really powerful it's got a um an sd drive sd sd not sd drive what am i thinking of it's the same thing like it's the thing that i ssd thank you mcswarlton i i couldn't remember the word yeah it's got an ssd drive which is what the ps4 has been talking about that it has an ssd drive which makes it so much faster and if if you've ever upgraded a computer uh, and replaced a regular hard drive with an SSD drive, you know, oh my God, you know how big of an upgrade is to just loading times and the speed at which things happen. It's fantastic. SSD stands for solid state drive. Um, and, and I'm very excited for that because... I like the idea that we're moving towards away from the spinning drives. I, I've got an SSD drive in my computer. My son has a uh, an old-fashioned spinning drive. I think it's a 5400 RPM, which makes me feel real bad. I was trying to fix something on his computer yesterday, and oh my God, it was awful waiting for that thing to boot. It was so slow. And it's an i5. It's not, it's not like it's a pile of garbage or anything, but that hard drive is really, really bad. Uh, so I don't, maybe he'll be getting something like that in the near future. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, we don't know anything about it, except it's going to be more powerful and it's coming out holiday next year. Uh, we, as far as Sony goes, I mean, Sony wasn't at E3, but we don't know even when that's supposed to come out. 
Microsoft also talked about xCloud, their competitor to Google Stadia. Uh, Stadia is coming out next November. Uh, again, check out StadiaCast. Make sure you subscribe to that. Um, but xCloud is coming out next October. So they are beating Stadia to the punch. Now, is that because they saw that Stadia was launching in November and they got together and they said, can we do this by by October? Uh, maybe. Let's try it. Um, that's pretty crazy uh, that they're launching that early. I, I feel like, you know, xCloud and Stadia, they're two halves of the same coin. I'm looking forward to both. I, I don't have allegiance to one or the other. Um, but I feel like Google Stadia is going all in on streaming and xbox or microsoft is just dipping their toe in and i feel like for me that gives a little bit more of an advantage or i i feel like i trust uh google a little more on this than i do microsoft just because they're going all in and of course we've heard all of the um you know the people who were uh, like the verge who are playing uh doom on stadia at e3 all right, so that was the Microsoft uh, press conference, which I thought was, it was okay. It wasn't boring. It wasn't bad. Uh, th- there were just moments that I was just like, really? Come on. I Look, I know everybody got really excited about Keanu Reeves coming out and, you know, telling us that we were breathtaking. Sure, that was great. Uh, he's a lovable guy but I don't care about celebrities and video games. I really, I just, I don't care about it. It's not interesting to me. The same thing where Microsoft, like, uh, they had a bunch of pro wrestlers pretending to, or not pretending, but playing against each other. I, I just don't care about that. And it feels like Microsoft still thinks that the celebrities are enough to get our attention. Now, maybe, maybe it, maybe they do, and maybe it is, but for me, it just, it always kind of falls flat. All right. So that was on, uh, June 8th on Sunday, June 9th, we had, um, oh wait, no, 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 that was on Sunday. My bad. Uh, on Monday, June 10th, we had the PC gaming show. I'll be honest. I didn't watch it. I didn't have time. Uh, I, I can't, I can't watch everything. Uh, the one thing or the one of the things that I watched that day was the Ubisoft show. Uh, the Ubisoft show, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Let's take a quick break from our sponsors because we're already at about halfway through the show. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from our sponsors and then we will come back and talk about Ubisoft. All right. So uh, Ubisoft, uh, they I feel like that was the Tom Clancy show which was too bad because most of the Tom Clancy games just really don't appeal to me. However, if you like the Tom Clancy stuff, then, oh my God, you must've been in heaven because it was Tom Clancy this and Tom Clancy that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, the game whose, the the name of the game is now escaping me. Um, It is this great, and maybe somebody in chat will be able to remind me, it is this crazy game, Watch Dogs 2, or Legion. There we go. Thank you. Watch Dogs Legion. Thank you, McSwarlton. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is a very, very ambitious project from Ubisoft. Uh, they they basically show... you. It takes place in London. 
the government is like surveillance uh, all the time and you are in this um band of people who are rising up against the government and trying to fight fight the man you know and um the the, the cool thing about watchdog legion watchdogs legion sorry is that you can take over and play as any character in the game which just that seems insanity to me so there's any npc in the game every npc in the game is voiced has their own specific animations and you can recruit them they all have their own little intro story uh and this is important they also have permadeath so if that character gets killed that character is dead and even like other characters will refer to that character later as having died. It's it's really impressive what they're doing if they can pull it off. Uh, what they showed was amazing. There was like, they showed like a, an, a retired assassin who was this little old lady who she kind of walked with a limp and, you know, she walks up and shoots this guy in the head. And I was just like, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, subverting all of our expectations, which I thought was really, really cool. The only way that this is going to work, there's only one way that this game is going to work. And that is if every single character has a different voice, because if I, or and different things to say, because if I'm playing, uh, and I, uh, and I take over the little old lady and you play as, as, as her throughout the game, and I am basically getting the same thing uh, that anybody else plays, then it's far less interesting and far less ambitious. And I, I really hope that Ubisoft is able to pull this off because th this could be a milestone in video games as far as in interactive storytelling. I just think it's really, really cool what they've shown so far. And I haven't played either of the other two Watch Dogs games. I'm not uh, really interested. Like, I've seen people play those games, and I was like, oh, those, those are kind of cool. Um, but it didn't really say much to me. This, however, was very, very intriguing. And I can't wait to see what happens when Watch Dogs uh, Legion comes out. All right. Uh, then... We've got the Square Enix, um, the Square Enix, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, press conference. And this is the one that I was probably the most excited for, which a lot of people probably are, sub are sub surprised that I would say that because I have a Nintendo podcast. And most people would say, well, you'd think that you would be most excited for the Nintendo one. You'd think, but... After after Square had had said, "Hey, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII remake at this," that's the one that my eyes were watching, and the Marvel Avengers one. So uh, let's let's talk about what Square unveiled. First off, they opened with Final Fantasy VII remake, and I was very excited uh, to to find out how this game is going to work. We've been seeing this for probably three years now, where uh, Square is like, hey guys, we're working on on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, that's nice. Stop talking about it until you actually have something to show. And this year they had something to show. 
and it looks just so damn good. So what, what did they do? A lot of us have been a little apprehensive about what's going to happen with Final Fantasy VII Remake, because everything that we've seen up till now shows like action combat, very similar to Final Fantasy XV, which I thought was a really fun game. I did find the combat to be a little opaque and difficult for me to get my head around, but once I did, I enjoyed it, and it's a game I wish that I had finished, Um, but I guess that's probably almost every game that I've played. Um, But anyway, that's what we saw, and we were like, oh, it's very similar to that. I don't know if that's really what we want. We, We wanted the ATB system, the active time battle system. It, it was so cool. I love the ATB system. And I didn't think that it was possible for Square Enix to make me happy with the changes that they were going to make to Final Fantasy VII, other than the graphics obviously looking awesome. I was so very wrong. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake looks amazing. And the combat is fantastic. So what exactly did they do? Well, if you've ever played the original Final Fantasy VII, and if you haven't, you should, because it's fantastic. Uh, But if you've never played it, uh, it has the ATB system, which are these little bars that slowly fill up over time. And when it fills up on a character, it's that character's turn. So then that character can take their move and and make and do whatever it is that they decide that they want to do like uh you know heal somebody or drink a potion or attack or summon a monster whatever it is whatever ability that you decide that you want to do as soon as it's your turn to do it then you go so how did square modify this into an action combat game well every time that cloud the main character in the game attacks is you're actually pushing a button to make him attack. Every time he blocks, you're pushing a button to make him block. And over time, the ATB gauge, which is still present in the game, slowly fills up over time. However, if you land successful attacks and block things successfully, that fills up faster. And then once it's full, you can hit a button, time stops, and it basically turns into the old style of the game where you can look through your menus, select a thing, uh, select an attack, select a target, and then the character will, will attack. Uh, and then you can hit a button and switch between the characters in your party. So in final fantasy seven, you had three characters in your party. Um, everybody would have like their favorite characters. Um, I would usually have cloud, uh, Tifa and, uh, red 13 uh, but a lot of people would have different characters but uh, they showed off like cloud and barrett and tifa all in a group together and they would uh, do a bunch of attacks on cloud then they would do his fancy attack which is you know the atb gauge pause time have him attack and then switch over to barrett to start building up his gauge and then unleash his attack and then switch over to tifa and do the same thing And it was really cool. I'm very excited about that. In fact, I don't know that I paid much attention to the rest of the Square Enix presentation because all I could think of was two things. One, I am very excited for Final Fantasy VII. And two, when are they going to tell us about Marvel Avengers? Uh, So the middle of Square's presentation, I didn't like I I couldn't really focus on it because I was just so excited about the other stuff. 
So let's skip to the end because, you know, I don't want to be sitting here all day. Uh, we skip to the end and at the end they showed the Avengers. Um, I forget what they called it, but the Avengers game that they've been working on for, I think it's another three years. Like it's been a long time that they've been working on it. And they showed us a couple of cinematics. A lot of people are latching on to the fact that the characters don't look like the characters from the movie. And they're like irritated about that. I don't really understand why that's a, an issue. Um, the characters in the comics don't necessarily... Like, Robert Downey Jr. kind of looks like the Iron Man from the comics. And that's why, that's one of the reasons they cast him that, and he's a fantastic actor. Like Chris Hemsworth looks like Thor, but the comic book version has been around a lot longer than the, the Marvel cinematic universe. So for people to be upset that the characters in the game aren't the characters from the movie, I think that that's, I don't know, maybe it's a little ridiculous. And the reason why I don't think that they, sh I'm glad that they're not going with the movie characters is because first off, the cost of the, the, the ridiculous cost that it would, it would, uh, the, 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 the ridiculous money that it would cost for them to hire people like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson and everybody else in order to come in and voice those characters, like this, that would just cost way too much money and it would skyrocket it. And then people would say, okay, we'll just make them look like it, but then they could have other voice actors come in. That would be even more disconcerting if it looked like Robert Downey Jr. and it didn't sound like Robert Downey Jr. That would be too weird. So, you know, Square's doing the right thing and they're saying, look, we're not making a version of the movies. We're making our own thing. It's our own interpretation of these characters. And we've had many in interpretations of what these characters look like. Hell, these characters don't look like um, the same person from one comic to the next because different artists take on these these characters and, and they draw them slightly differently. It's not always going to look the same. Anyway, uh, it might sound like I'm defending the game. I'm just defending the idea that the characters don't have to look like the characters from the movie because I am not going to defend this game. There is nothing that they showed me that got me excited for this at all. I don't know what genre the game is. I really, I, I have no idea what genre it is. They mentioned something about four-player multiplayer. Okay, is it a top-down game? Is it a behind-the-over-the-shoulder game? Is it an MMO? What kind of game is it? I have no idea. I really don't know what kind of game it is because all they showed were cinematics. And that's something that I want to point out um, for, for all of E3, I feel like the only company that really focused on showing gameplay, gameplay, gameplay was Nintendo. Everybody else was like, here's a cinematic that I don't care about because, oh, and, and Watch Dogs uh, Legion. That was all gameplay as well. But just about everything else that I saw was one cinematic after another after another. And it doesn't tell me what the game is like. Yeah, the cinematics are pretty. The cinematics look really cool, but that doesn't tell me, the viewer, what does this game play like? 
And I think that's a problem that has always happened with E3 and will probably always happen because they want to put their best foot forward. And their best foot is usually the easiest way to tell a story is to have it pre-done ahead of time instead of showing gameplay. I would just personally prefer if everything was gameplay and we didn't see any cinematics. And they may as well have not shown the Avengers stuff at all from uh, or at E3 this year because I felt like I have no idea what kind of game it is. Joel Mead in chat says... It's a platforming Metroidvania roguelike battle royale MMO. That's a perfectly good uh, explanation for what what it is that we saw. Okay. Uh, Tuesday, we had the Nintendo Direct. I'm not going to get into the Nintendo Direct. I I, I talked about it at length on yesterday's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. So uh, go back and listen to that if you haven't already subscribed to that show, which you you probably have because you're awesome. Uh, But... Overall, I thought the Nintendo um, the Nintendo one had a couple of reveals that I thought were really cool, and then it had the end. Well, I'll be honest. After the Square one, uh, after after just the Final Fantasy section of the Square one, I thought there's no way Nintendo can top this. In fact, I think I tweeted that out. I said, uh, "There's no way. I can't see how Nintendo can get me as excited for something." as I am for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And damn it, I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, Nintendo did it by talking about, or well, by showing that they're working on Breath of the Wild 2, a sequel to my favorite game of all time. I can't be more excited than that. So, you know, people have been asking, who do you think won E3? I think the gamers won E3. I, I I don't know why everything has to turn into uh, a match, you know? I, I don't know why everybody has to say this team won or this team won or, you know, this these guys did better than those. I think that we saw a lot of cool stuff. We saw also way too much fluff that I could get, would be happy to get rid of. Uh, but we saw a lot of cool stuff and I liked it. I, I liked... M- E3 for the most part. I, I There's definitely stuff I'm excited for. Most of it's on Nintendo. And of course, uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, I subscribe to the Xbox Game Pass. Both my, me and my son subscribe to it. Uh, so while I'm wrapping up my thoughts here, if there's anybody that to jump in to the green room and call into the show, hop in. And if you're a regular, I'll pull you into the call and you can tell us what you liked the most from E3. Um, but there was a lot of stuff from E3 that looked really cool. I don't know that I'll say this. I really hope that next year we don't have dudes standing on stage telling us stuff. I would very much prefer if Microsoft would do the same thing that Nintendo does where they produce a video ahead of time. I would very much prefer it if Square did the same thing especially Square, because Square has the added disadvantage of being a Japanese company. And the people who work on their games deserve to be recognized without a doubt. But when I have to go, when I have to watch them up on stage saying something in Japanese and then having it be translated 
to so that we understand what they're talking about that really slows down the pacing of what's happening nintendo finally realized you don't have to do that you just shoot a video ahead of time because it's not like the translator doesn't know what the person is going to say ahead of time they've got all this worked out they've rehearsed it um nintendo has figured this out you just record the people who've been doing the work saying it in their native language and then you dub over them so that everybody can understand what they're saying it, it and then you can control the pacing of your announcements so much better it it was it was just so it, it's so much better when they do that uh square started out really weak where they brought out uh somebody and it was like this translating thing which was really slow and then they did something smart that i appreciate they um uh, they brought out somebody who just is a native english speaker to explain stuff to us which i thought was good because it sped up everything like the Nintendo Treehouse stuff that I watched was really annoying because it was a lot of that translating stuff that I just that I just praised Nintendo for figuring out that it's it's irritating to watch all of that translation stuff happen in real time. Um, the Treehouse stuff was awful. I was watching the Animal Crossing stuff, and uh, that that was very irritating to watch because they would. Like there would be one of the developers would be sitting there explaining everything that's happening. And basically the person who's controlling the game would be just kind of wandering randomly waiting for them to finish so that it could be translated so that they could show this thing at the same time that it was being translated. It would just be better off for everybody if it was just in English. Uh, so I almost wish that Nintendo, I like what they do with Treehouse, but I wish they wouldn't do it live. Because there's really no reason to do it live. They all know what everybody's going to say ahead of time. And uh, well, anyway, so that that's E3. E3 had a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, there's, of course, uh, other stuff that was announced. But I think I hit all of the big stuff. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, we don't have any gameplay, which that's irritating to me. And I really wish that we had gameplay of that. Because, I mean, I we already know what kind of game it's going to be. But... But uh, I, I want to see it. I want to see that gameplay. Uh, so it doesn't look like anybody wants to call in right now, and that's all right. Sometimes, sometimes people just don't want to have their 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 voice heard. Um, let's go to the live chat and see what everyone's saying. Uh, Fisto says, "I think the Avengers dialogue was cheesier than Kingdom Hearts." You know, I don't even know if I was really paying attention to the dialogue. I was really more listening to the people who were talking over it at the time. Oh, by the way, the E3, like the the people who are whooping and hollering. First off, I don't think that there are people who are planted there by the companies to... It's just people who are excited. But that's something else that I would be happy to get rid of. Was because every time anything happened, everybody lost their mind and got really loud. And while I appreciate that they're very excited, I would just prefer to watch a movie. Uh, just like when I go to watch Avengers Endgame and things happen, don't worry, no spoilers, but things happen and everybody around me is like, yeah, cheering and stuff. Okay, I'm happy that you're excited, but just bring it down a notch. Anyway, 
uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Joel Mead is is uh, saying the Bethesda audience because when they were talking about uh, Elder Scrolls Online, oh my God, whoever was in the front of that, like they really loved Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, although I will say this, there was a, a that 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 uh, adorable moment with uh, Keanu Reeves telling uh, telling he said, "You're breathtaking." Uh, he was said that in response to somebody yelling, like, I think Keanu Reeves said something along the lines of this is a breathtaking world. And there's a guy in the, in the, in the crowd who yelled to Keanu Reeves, you're breathtaking. And then he yelled it back. Uh, I guess the, uh, CD project red gave that guy a, uh, a cop or he's, they said he will receive a collector's edition, uh, of, uh, cyberpunk 2077 for uh, the breathtaking guy which i find awesome um the last thing that i want to talk about before we wrap up because we got a, we got about 10 minutes left that that i could probably squeeze in here uh the last thing i want to talk about is subscriptions uh ubisoft also unveiled that they have a subscription model uh xbox unveiled that they have a subscription model Square Enix has said that they are thinking about doing a subscription model. I'll talk about the Square thing one. Or the, well, actually, I could probably, I might be able to squeeze it in now. How do I feel about this? Well, it's kind of weird. Like, I think of it this way. We've got Amazon, and we've got Hulu, and we've got Netflix. And I feel like those three subscriptions, they work for me. Uh, Hulu gets me something different than Netflix does and gets me something different than Amazon does. But like uh, the the CBS, like I don't subscribe to that because they just don't have enough shows that I care about. Um, WB or CW, I don't subscribe to that because they don't have enough shows that I care about. And I feel like this is a very good analog for what's happening with the video game industry right now, where every developer or publisher seems to want to have their own subscription service to their games. And, you know, at first I was like, no, that's just bad. But then, you know, like I said earlier, I was talking to the guys on breaking a panel and they said that, well, what would you rather do? Spend $60 on a game or when the game comes out, subscribe for five or well, for 10 bucks and play the game and then stop your subscription afterwards. And I mean, that's exactly what my family did with the first season of Cobra Kai. Uh, when YouTube had uh, that first season of Cobra Kai came out, my wife and I got a subscription to YouTube. We watched it and then we canceled the subscription to YouTube afterwards. I think that, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm very worried. And, and I will say this, uh, Ubisoft's is $15 a month, whereas Microsoft's is $10 a month. If you love Tom Clancy games, the Ubisoft probably sounds like a great deal. But to me, I don't care about Tom Clancy games. Like that's that's too much money. I think the most that I would pay for a single publisher's uh, subscription service would be $10 a month. 
That'd be the most I would pay. If Nintendo brought out, you know, this subscription service that gave you access to every Nintendo game for $10 a month, I'd be on it. But for $15 a month, I think that's too much, especially because I want to be able to play games that are not on that service. And if my money's tied up with, with uh, you know, $15 a month on this over here, that means I can't spend that money over here. Uh, so I don't, I just don't know how I feel about all of these different subscription services that are happening in the gaming industry right now. And I'm very curious as to what you all think about it. So uh, shout at me on Twitter, at RunJumpStomp. Let me know what you think about uh, those subscriptions. And uh, I, I would love to hear uh, what you think about that. Uh, Red Eye Jedi in chat says, didn't they say at the end that Ubisoft is partnering with Stadia though? Yes, they did. However, there's a very big uh, asterisk there that you got to pay attention to. Um, in fact, the day before Ubisoft's presentation, Phil Harrison, the guy in charge of Stadia, uh, he got up on, or he was being interviewed by, I can't remember his name, the guy who does the Game Awards, uh, Jeff Knightley, I think is his name, or Keeley? Jeff Keeley, I think. I could be wrong. I, I'm bad with names. Uh, but uh, he was being interviewed by by Jeff, and he said uh, that, that other publishers could put their subscription on top of Stadia, which I found to be very interesting. You know, so when, when he said it, my mind immediately went to, oh, things like Final Fantasy XIV, where I'm subscribing to one game. Things like World of Warcraft, where I'm subscribing to one game. It didn't occur to me that it would be entire publishers. And I know I sound like a complete hypocrite. The fact that I'm willing to subscribe to one game, but I'm not willing to subscribe to all games. Like, that's just stupid. I don't have a good argument for it. I just know that right now in my, like, somewhere deep down inside, I'm like, I just don't feel good about it about having a subscription to Square Enix and having a subscription to Blizzard and having a subscription to uh, Bethesda or wh whomever. Um, I just don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but uh, he said that, and then the next day at the Ubisoft press conference, um, they unveiled that, hey, the uh, Ubisoft subscription service that gives you access to our to 100 games from our from that are published by us you can also access that on Stadia. Here's a very important qualifier that we don't know the answer to. Does that mean you have to have Stadia Pro, which costs $10 a month? Or does that mean that you can do it with the Stadia base price? So I don't know. Some people are assuming, and I think you're assuming wrong, that by subscribing to Stadia Pro, you'll also get access to the Ubisoft subscription. I don't think that's, I don't think you got a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. There's no way that Ubisoft would give up all that money or that, I mean, cause think about it. It's $15 for the Ubisoft subscription. Stadia Pro is only $10. Where's that money going to go? Is it going to go to Google? Is it going to go to, to Ubisoft? Are they going to split it? That, that it, let's say that they split it. That means Google is losing $5 a month automatically from every subscriber. And uh, Ubisoft is losing $10 a month 
from every subscriber. Now they might be, they might say, well, that's, that's $5 that I wasn't going to get otherwise, but I really don't think that that's something that'll happen. Um, so the, the real question that we have to make sure that is answered is if I subscribe, if I want to subscribe to Ubisoft's Tom Clancy subscription, and I'm being a jerk here by saying that, but if I want to subscribe to Ubisoft on Stadia, do I also need Stadia Pro? And that's a question we don't have an answer to yet. I don't, I don't know. Only time will tell. Uh, Fisto in chat says, I like owning my games and owning is a questionable word since most of my games are digital. Even the games that you have that are physical, you don't really own them. You're getting a license. The disc doesn't spin in your, in your PS4. When you put the disc in, you have to, you still have to download the damn thing onto your PS4 and then it runs off the hard drive anyway. So uh, I don't, I don't think that we own games anymore. The only games that we really own are the retro games that we have, like, uh, the ones that are behind me on the shelf that you can't see, uh, cause my big fat head's in the way. Uh, like we don't, those are the games that you can own. You can't really own games anymore. And does that bother me? It really doesn't. I don't care if I own it because usually once I finish it, I'm done with it anyway. Uh, this was a pretty long episode, so let's let's wrap things up. Words can't describe the endless challenge of Super Mario World, so we let the players do the talking. Super Mario World is here. It's one of the new generation of Nintendo games. It comes only with Super Nintendo, and it's like nothing you've ever faced now you're playing with power superpower become a part of the community at runjumpstomp.com discord you can you can call in like joel mead did earlier and share your thoughts on gaming that's what this show is all about uh you can also watch the show live over at twitch.tv runjumpstomp you can get a hold of me on twitter at runjumpstomp use that hashtag rjspod it helps me sort by what show you want to talk to if you're looking for ways to support the show, go to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, check out runjumpstomp.com slash shows. Uh, the theme song for Run Jump Stomp is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out with me. Bye-bye.